Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Saga. I'm a 35-year-plus spondy looking to bring the community closer. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Hey, everybody. This is Jason with the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast, and I wanted to take care of a couple things before I start up the next episode here for you. This next episode is a really good one. It's got Gina Ryan with the Anxiety Coach Podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. We're just about ready to wrap up the final order for the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast t-shirts. If you go to spondypodcast.com, on the right-hand side of the page, scroll down a little bit, you'll see a link that will take you to the spot to order t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever you may want. Also, there's a couple neat things that I have been lucky enough to be able to participate in to help with offsetting the cost of the show and I really could use you guys' help and uh, support on this. If you're looking to buy vitamins or CBD oil or even in some of the upcoming shows you're going to hear some stuff talked about from a manufacturer or a a store called adamandeve.com or you're into yoga there's yogavibes.com. If you head to any of those and you're already looking to buy that product or anything of that nature or shop there, they will pay an affiliate commission to help offset the cost of the show. So I would encourage you to take a look at those items. And also, if you are able to, the Patreon link is up and live. And I would love to see if I could get people to, again, this is entirely, you know, if you're able to, but I would love to see like a $12 donation a year. Uh, I, I don't want any more than a dollar a month from anybody. Uh, I mean, if you want to give more, you can, but a dollar a month from everybody or 12 bucks a year would be fantastic. Otherwise, enjoy the show and uh, look forward to talking to everybody in the future. Welcome to this episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. When you're either newly diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis or you've been dealing with it for years and years and years, one of the things that can come back to uh, really cause you a lot of issues is the word anxiety. And today I'm very lucky. I have Gina Ryan on. She hosts the Anxiety Coaches podcast and also offers coaching services. And Gina, aloha to you. Aloha and mahalo for having me, Jason. Gina is joining us from the island of Maui, which to me is a fantastic spot to release a lot of anxiety and stress (laughs) on a vacation. High on my list of places to see. And For all of us that are suffering with the winters right now, she's from central New York. Gina knows what winters are, and they're getting snow for, what, the first recorded time in in Hawaii? Yeah, well, it's not very often that we get it. But, yeah, six inches on on top of the mountain today. So there we go. Yeah, so that's the best spot for it, on top of the mountain where you can (laughs) see it but then leave. That's right. Gina helps out folks through both her podcast and her coaching service deal with anxiety. And I myself was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder that I dealt with for years. And Gina, I want to welcome you to the show and kind of that term anxiety is so nebulous and encompasses so many things. Can I get you to speak a little bit about anxiety and really what that encompasses? Sure, Jason. First, thank you so much for having me because one of my missions in life is just to continue to share the hope that people can remember that they can cure this, they can 
clear it is the word I use, meaning that you don't have to spend your every single day in a panic attack, that you can get beyond it when you start understanding what it is. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Anxiety is, uh, again, it can be generalized anxiety disorder like you talked about, it can be panic attacks, PTSD, they lump OCD in there, agoraphobia, which I had a little bit of. I wasn't housebound, but I was afraid of driving too far. Didn't want to be too far from my safety place, which was my home. They call it nervous illness or nerves. What it is, is it's overwhelming stress. It can be from trauma. It can be from just a buildup of one anxious, stressful life event after another, which many of us you know, have been through. But so what I want to talk about early on here is that the body goes into what we call fight, flight, or freeze when we are faced with a dangerous situation. And what happens is we are built to be able to get out of those dangerous situations. Our body goes into fight or flight, and it gives us the power and the energy to do what we need to do to get to safety. The problem is we're not running from tigers anymore. We're not needing to just quickly run away, climb a tree and get safe. Nowadays, it's our boss that's causing us the stress. It could be our mate, our children. It could be our health, like you and I are talking about here today. And so what it is, is it's this unrelenting stress. We don't get to feel that feeling of safety and have all of our nervous system go back into it's what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. What happens is we're living in the sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress side. And that's not what we're built for. We're built to only be in the sympathetic nervous system when we need to run for safety. So what happens is we get this buildup of all of these stress hormones and we start to feel fear and panic. We can't sleep or we start sweating or we have a dry mouth. Some people get a feeling of choking in their throat, muscle tension. Uh, can, you can be headaches, fatigue, fainting, um, that dizzy kind of feeling. It, the list goes on and on. Just that what I used to experience, and maybe you had this, Jason, with general anxiety, was that general sense of dread. It was yes. just that feeling of like, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. For something, 25 years. Yeah. Tw- something awful is going to happen, right? And that's what that feeling is. So that's what anxiety is. It's a buildup of these stress hormones that we are not meant to be carrying day in and day out. And so the body goes into this overdrive of this panic cycle. And what happens is the fear causes an adrenaline cortisol release. And when our body has that adrenaline and cortisol, it makes us think that something's wrong because we feel so awful. So the mind starts to make a story out of why do I feel like this? Well, what if it's this? Well, what if it's that? And those thoughts, again, trigger the hormonal release again. It's like we can't get out of the cycle. So what do I teach people? I teach them how to interrupt the cycle and how to end living in a constant state of fear and anxiety. And that's really important. For somebody newly diagnosed with say ankylosing spondylitis, fibromyalgia, any of these chronic diseases that can bring pain, which can exasperate stress, anxiety, 
especially now when I was diagnosed, I was a kid. I was only 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those, you don't know what you don't know. And you just go back to being, you know, a dumb 14 year old kid. There was no such thing as Google. There was no such thing as the internet or at least not accessible. So now you can almost put yourself into a, I would think a panic attack from just over analysis of the data that's out there before you have all the pieces of the puzzle. My big thing was restlessness. I didn't sleep at night. I was up and down eight, 10 times. That general sense of every day I went into work, I was going to be let go because just because the, the other shoe to drop. Yep. And so I turned that around using sometimes funny humor, sometimes scathing humor, mm-hmm. and more times than not, just lashing out at people that didn't deserve to be lashed out at. Yeah. Because that was my way of fighting that tiger, so to speak. Because yeah. I wasn't going to flee that tiger. I was going to fight it. Right. And, you know, with men, this is very typical with men, the anger. Like a lot of people think, well, why is my guy so angry? Well, actually, a lot of women cry and have emotional kind of anxiety. Men can tend to often get very angry. And like, and the humor piece, too, also could be very digging kind of humor, just trying to use that energy. So I hear you, Jason. I hear you. Yeah, just to release it. A lot of times it didn't matter if it was at somebody else's expense. I was going to lash out. And that, that was the work way to use anger without being, you know, kicked upside the head by HR. Yeah. One of the things I like as I've listened to your show over the last few months is you have a number of episodes, and I've been listening to them recently, where you actually have patients let you record the episode and release it. So as you said, you can do coaching anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think if somebody has never done coaching, is afraid of it, is afraid of what might be, this is a great way to say, okay, this is how Gina works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that they'll listen to those because it's a good way of getting a feel for like, oh, I could do that. I, oh, I would love to ask this question or that question. And just to see how we go about it and that it's not, uh, I'm not putting you on a couch. This isn't therapy at all. <laughs> It's like having a golf coach, you know, you tell me what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I help you tweak it a little bit so that it can work better for a better life outcome. Yeah. And earlier before we were recording and you and I were talking, food can play a big part in both how you feel to the good side, the bad side. Yeah. You brought up something and I'm, I was a heavy abuser of processed sugar via soda Okay. drinking two to three liters of Mountain Dew a day. Okay. So that also led to high amounts of caffeine in my system. Oh, yeah. And that exasperated it. I cut back some now, but talk about how food in general, I know there's been a lot of research in food and mood and mm-hmm. food and comfort levels. And could you explain how some of that might play in, especially with somebody with an autoimmune disease where they need to start looking at their diets anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, diet is so important. And before I get into the things you shouldn't do, I will say some of the things that are really helpful, which is always basically eating more plants closest to their natural way that you can. And that means that includes things like frozen vegetables and stuff. I'm talking about not having so much processed food, right? 
So the more that we can eat uh, real food, just eat real food, and then you find out the things that you personally can't have, which would be any food intolerances you have. And then we get into the sugar and the caffeine, which you have quite a bit of if you have any kind of soda, especially Mountain Dew, right? There's a reason people drink it. They drink it for that hit. And so the problem with the caffeine is that it's like sipping on anxiety because when you drink caffeine, the body releases hormones, your stress hormones. That's what gives us the hit. And so we get that cortisol hit and adrenaline and we feel good and we can go out and do things with more energy. But that's the exact same thing that starts off the anxiety and the panic hits the panic button. And when people don't see equate this, they're drinking the caffeine all day. So the caffeine is the one thing we have to get rid of. The other thing is the sugar. And that was big in your uh, Mountain Dew also. So when our blood sugar goes up high fast with sugary drinks or sugary foods or processed foods, our blood sugar also drops fast. And when our blood sugar starts to drop fast, the body in its wisdom detects that as a problem and it needs to keep your blood sugar up to keep you alive. So it raises your cortisol to push the blood sugar back up to normal again. But cortisol is what makes us feel anxious. So we're stuck in the cycle again. So it's a two-edged sword. So there we go. That is the negative on the food is processed foods, sugars, caffeines. And you want to watch your caffeine because it's not only in the Mountain Dew, it's in coffee, it's in tea, it's in green tea, it's in black tea, it's in a lot of healthy things. Chocolate has a lot of caffeine. Don't do the chocolate either. I tell you, I have had a, I had an Irish client once who refused to give up his English tea. He was not going to give it up. We finished our sessions together. I think we did four sessions. He still wouldn't give it up. He wrote to me two months later and said, oh my God, I finally gave in and I gave up my caffeine. I can't believe how much better I feel. can certainly believe that. We're going to talk a little more about your coaching sessions, but I want to talk about one of your episodes. And I was glad to see this right at the top of the anxiety page. In the short term, it takes a lot of practice to deal with anxiety. You did a podcast called Five uh, Easy Ways to Calm Your Anxious Mind. And for somebody listening, could you kind of just run through two, three for those about some things that people could do to center themselves? Yeah. Some of the things you need to do to start calming your mind. And I don't remember the exact five I have in that podcast. I don't even remember when I did that one, but here are some that are absolute musts. The ways to calm the anxious mind is to begin to do the self-care that you need. And that means that you have to learn how to every day get yourself into some kind of mindfulness meditation. And now I know those are very frou-frou words that are used these days, but this has been around forever. There's a reason that all religious traditions have a way of centering, of praying, of coming back to the self, coming back, because what happens in this world is that we're so outwardly focused that we don't spend any time with our own inner self. And this is where our peace is found. And so when you have anxiety, you have lost your peace. So the first thing you need to do is to do some kind of mindfulness meditation to bring yourself back to your own center and peace. And another thing to do would be to what to do what we just talked about, the diet and nutrition piece. 
meaning to stay away from those culprits of sugar, caffeine, processed foods, and chocolates, and staying away from those things and adding in real food, eating real food in its whole form without getting into, you and I could do a whole thing on food just in and of itself. Another thing to do would be to exercise, okay? It's very important for our mind for us to use our body in a way that is expelling the energy that we're building up all throughout the day. So exercise, and that is different for each person's energy level. And Jason, you probably talk to your audience about different kinds of exercise, depending on where they're at with their pain levels, what they can do, but anything Tai Chi, yoga, walking, you know, I have some clients who found running through their anxiety. It's like you said earlier, you used humor to get the energy out of you. Some people use exercise and running. Other things that you can do is to be able to remember that it is you believing the thoughts that are going through your head. Life is going to continue to be a struggle. It's going to be a challenge, along with all the joys that we have. But it's what we believe about those things that causes us the stress, not the thing happening. I hope those have been helpful. Yes, and, and it's so important because I found when I was dealing with it that my mind made every situation worse than it eventually ever really became. And I already had whatever event I might be going to, whatever meeting from work I was going into, I had the worst case scenarios already mapped out in my mind and so mapped out in my mind that they were a given that was going to happen so that I would go in there ramped up, ready, ready to fight, ready to argue, ready to do whatever. And then when it wouldn't happen, it was this big letdown, but it came back to bite me in the form of depression because then I would see I wasted all that time for nothing. And once you start to go down that depression, it can sometimes be very hard to deal with. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. How do you work with somebody that gets in there and you find out that they're really already in a deep depression when they, when they come on for coaching with you. Yeah. You know, because these kind of go hand in hand, although, you know, you can go and get diagnosed with this and diagnosed with that and this and that they're all just part of your whole. So often people are feeling, I can't imagine having anxiety for more than a short amount of time and not being depressed. Who wouldn't be depressed having these thoughts and these feelings and these symptoms day in and day out, and you don't know where they're coming from or how to get rid of them, that would make anybody depressed. So I say to people to just come as a whole person, and because I'm not a therapist, so I don't diagnose people, but people come from their their therapists, from their psychiatrists, their physicians, they come with all these labels, and I tell them, let's just start with where you're at. Many of the things that we do for anxiety also lift depression because what we're doing is we're getting out of our own way. We're getting out of our own head. And depression is just living totally inside your head, usually a little bit more of a slant toward what has already happened. Oh, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. Sort of feeling down on yourself. And all of that lifts as we begin to see that we have control over what happens to us by what our reaction is, how we respond to life is the thing that changes everything. 
And that helps people lift their depression because they start to feel they have some control again. I think that's the big thing is your mind is searching for a place of levelness and you're trying to control in some cases too much. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't. And that's one thing I had to come to grips with is, you know, Gina, I can't control what you're going to do. I can only control what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then I need to look at my interactions, my thought process, everything else that I deal with and not worry about you. Try to guess every word that's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah, very good. Now, we mentioned this. You do coaching sessions. Yep. They can be either group or one-on-one. Yep. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about those and, and what somebody might expect as they, they work into that with you and okay. whether group is a great way to start off to see to get their toes wet in the water, so to speak. Yeah. After doing this for so many years now, I see the, the general trajectory as people, like they come in, they listen to the show. And you kind of get to know me a little bit by listening to the show, even though you don't get to ask me your direct question, but you get to hear me chat a couple times a week. And so when they're interested enough in that, often they'll inquire about joining the group. And what the group is, is $27 a month. And you come in and it's a Facebook group, a secret Facebook group, so nobody can see you're in there. It's 24-7 of my, I'm in there every day. I have admins in there. I have the most amazing clients in there because they all help each other and I help. It's a great way for people to be able to ask me anything they want. So you can tag me in a question and I answer it. And that, and we also put out a skill sheet every other Thursday. And that means that's just a one page kind of like a worksheet kind of thing that can help you with a particular skill with anxiety. And I think all of those are in the, there's 85 of them, I think now in the library, in the Facebook group. Yeah, we've been doing this for three years. So, and then there's a a level up in the group. If you want to join the full membership, we have two calls a month where we actually get on an old-fashioned conference call and you ask me questions. We talk about whatever's on your mind. Sometimes there's three people in there, sometimes eight, sometimes one. So you could get a private session with me if that you're the only one that shows up. And that's a lot of fun. People love that also. So the group is a nice way to kind of level up a little bit without, you know, $27 a month is less than a buck a day. That's usually the copay for one therapy session with your insurance. Exactly. So you can come in the group and have somebody to talk to 365 days a year. You know, it's a great way to to be with other people because this is another point for your people is talk to people who are suffering with what you are dealing with. Don't do this alone. There's no reason to do it alone in this day and age. So I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah. So we've got group sessions, we've got the resources. The one thing I liked is you've got a number, I, I, there must be 15 books minimum on your website under the resources yeah. tab yeah. that can really push you in. There's one I read, a lot of my anxiety also dealt in the general anxiety, it would destroy relationships. Yes. It made it very difficult for the other person to deal with me if I went into any type of deep depression or a manic stage or, or anything, mm-hmm. never realizing that I was my own worst enemy. And so there was a book I had read and I can't think of the name of it, but it was very good on 
dealing with relationships mm. and now that book dealt with relationships like intimate, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife type deal where, mm. but there's also, I see a number of items that deal with or would apply to just general relationships with friends, coworkers, yep. just the world in general. First that you've got the, the podcast and in the show notes, mm-hmm. I'll have links to the podcast so that they can mm-hmm. access you on both iTunes. I think you're probably on Google. It yep. uh, looks like you're on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, it looks like you're on all sorts Spotify. of platforms. Yep. Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I'll also have links out there to your Facebook page. Now this isn't the group page. This is just your general Facebook page. Yes. You're active on a number of social media channels. So there's a lot of ways for people to interact with you. Yeah, whatever their favorite way is, just contact me. I'm just Gina Ryan. You'll find me. Anxiety Gina Ryan. I show up all over the place. Yeah. And you've put out, how many episodes have you done on your show now? Well, I just was talking to my, uh, I have a guy who does some of my editing in New York. Let's see, we're at 483, I think, 483. That's why I was asking, because I was like, is she counting this from like 001 up to 481? I'm like, that's huge. Yeah, it's a lot. They're not all available. Only from 156 on are are available right now to the general public. And, you know, uh, iTunes only puts up 300. And, you know, it's different everywhere you go. But, yeah, we're on uh, 483. So that's a lot of podcasts. Heck, (laughs) yes. Congratulations. Thank you. So some of these books and things are available from Audible. So if somebody's driving a lot, they can listen to the podcast, listen to the books. And like I have ankylosing spondylitis and I'm bringing on an expert to talk about anxiety. Mm -hmm. You also bring on people to talk about specific areas of therapy and anxiety and Mm -hmm. nutrition and everything on your podcast. What have you seen? Have there been any really big changes in the last five, 10 years in the dealing with anxiety as social media has really come on strong? Yeah, well, uh, the idea that social media causes anxiety. (laughs) I can believe. Um, That is a big thing. Actually, one of my uh, group members uh, yesterday posted, uh, he's he's in his 50s, great guy, and he posted that he used his iPhone to track a month ago to see how many hours he spent on social media. I didn't know the iPhone did that, but apparently it does. And he found out that he was on it for like nine hours or something. And he saw that he, so he, he was appalled at that. So he spent the last month cutting it down and he's down to like an hour and 20 minutes or something. He said it's made a huge difference in how he feels to not be reading the news and all of the trouble and everybody else's challenges and all the um, blah, blah, blah that's going out in social media. So yes, that is one thing that has come up over and over with the experts that I have talked with is that we need to be careful with what we consume and not consuming food wise, but we have to be careful of what we consume with our eyes and our ears also. There's an app, and if I can remember the name of it, I'll put it in the show notes. I have it on my phone, and it produces a monthly report and tells you everything from how long I spend on Kindle reading to Facebook to everything. Mine is a little skewed because I do a lot of stuff for my podcasts on Facebook, so it it climbs up higher than I like it to, but it's really eye-opening when you first look at that and go, huh, what did I benefit from that? Yeah. 
And so I, I can see that creating a big issue. Meditation is yeah. another one. I happen to do transcendental meditation. Beautiful. Good for you. Yeah. I don't do it as much as they suggest. I, I, I like to try and get once a day. I just don't get the twice a day in. Yeah. Um, that's not for lack of time. That's for more laziness. Mm-hmm. But for anybody, if, if you don't have a transcendental meditation center near you, you don't want to do transcendental meditation. There are a number of YouTube videos that can show you some basics. There mm-hmm. are apps that you can put on your phone as we talk about social media and stuff that can help you with the basics of meditation. Yes. I was the biggest skeptic. I was business climate. That was a waste of time. It was frou-frou-y. And by the, you know, next thing you're going to ask me to do is put on crystals and hug a tree. (laughs) And with that said, I've really enjoyed it. It's been eye-opening in a lot of different ways. Physically, I cannot do Tai Chi or anything anymore. Okay. But for people that have ankylosing spondylitis, stretching is big. If you have a Tai Chi group, if you have a martial arts group, if you have a gym, or if you don't, you have a cupboard that has canned goods in it. Mm-hmm. Pick the canned goods up and just stretch, move, bend over. Okay. It doesn't have to be about building muscles. It just has to be about moving and expelling yep. some of that energy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm assuming there's a lot of studies on exercise and, and what that does to your mood. Yeah, it's like as good, if not better, than medication for depression. Before you go and have to make an appointment with a psychiatrist to get a, a medication for your depression, I would highly suggest exercise. And the same for anxiety because it pushes the energy out of you and, um, and it lifts the mood because when you use your own internal pharmacology, right, you get your, you get your good hits of, of all of that pharmacy that's inside of you and you begin to feel good again. And a little, or if nothing else, a little bit lighter. And so you don't have to push it. It can be any kind of movement, just like you were talking about. I even have people do Qigong, which is just moving your body, letting things wiggle and woggle, you know? You don't have to run or even bend. I mean, just move what you can. Like I said, on YouTube, that you can really, I live in a town of 1,900 people. Mm. We're about 100 miles from nowhere, and there are no meditation centers or anything. I I learned transcendental meditation when I was in San Antonio, but it carries over to where I'm at now. I can easily do it here in in the little town in Michigan I live in. There are many options. There's some great apps. When you work with somebody, do you look at – would you sit down with them as a coach and say, I want to implement – a, B, and C, A being caffeine, bad food reduction, B being meditation, C being exercise, things of that yeah. nature. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it goes by the individual, right? So, because everybody's at different places. But yeah, we have our core things that we work on. And the breathe, we, I teach breathing, I teach meditation, and I teach the nutrition piece of it. And so, you know, and for other people, their meditation may be prayer. I'm happy to go there. I understand that. And so we have different ways of doing it with different people. Everyone is welcome. But those are the core. You're right. You, you have to know. And meditation and breathing go together. So I used to tell people, I used to own health food stores in New York, and I used to tell people in the store, 
when I actually finally cleared my anxiety, I said, I could breathe myself into or out of a panic attack if I wanted to. And I totally believe that now. I can feel that stuff rise up with life challenges. And all I have to do is change my breathing. And I reset everything. The problem is still there, but I'm not all ramped up anymore. I would have a very hard time putting myself back into a panic attack only because <laughs> I spent so much time learning how to combat it that that's almost become, and that's really what it is. It's a repetitive process yeah. that you psychologically realize I'm headed there, break it. I'm headed there, break it. Break it. Yep. And, yep. you know, people are going to laugh. One of my biggest anxiety pieces was talking to women, mm-hmm. not interacting like through email or text or anything like that. I, I was okay, mm-hmm. but a, an actual face-to-face conversation, you know, yeah. talking. You know what my therapist did to me? Mm-hmm. She took me down to the grocery store and made me walk up to women up and down, not in a creepy stalkerish <laughs> way, but, right. you know, I, having been in sales all my life, I know how to start a conversation. Yeah. And for the first two times, she followed me from a distance from the store and she'd go, go talk. And I never got to pick who I was going to go talk to. She'd say, yeah. go talk to her. Yeah. And I'd be like, are you nuts? <laughs> and she's like, she's not going to chew your head off. Go talk to her. Yeah. And it got me out of, to a point where, and we moved from grocery stores to different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I'm still very nervous in some social settings where it's my comfort zone is just to retreat and then people watch. Uh, as you watch the people, you can then pick up how you're going to approach them because you begin to understand where they're coming from if you're listening and watching. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn to break that too. But Mm -hmm. talk about an anxiety-inducing experience. Yeah. But it was also fun too because I knew what she was trying to do with that situation. Yeah. And so I can learn from your podcast. Now, if somebody wanted to, again, you said you're not a therapist, you're not a psychologist, you're a coach. As a coach, would I just go and say, hey, Gene, I want to set up sessions and pay you through PayPal. How do I yeah. go around that so that I always know what my expectations are of you and you know, and I know what you expect of me? Sure. So when you go um, to the website, there's a coaching page, one-on-one coaching. And in order to, uh, you can click the button if you want a 30-minute session, you click that. And you have to put all your information in and actually... You can see what's available, what times, and you put your own time zone in because God knows I can't keep track of everybody's time zone. And um, that would give me a little bit of stress. And so, and then you pay. Uh, You can pay through Stripe or PayPal right there in the thing. And you pay for the session beforehand. And it can be changed within the system. You get a link. And if you need to change it, you can change it up to 24 hours before the session. And if you need to change it after, like you need to change it four hours beforehand because you had a you know, tire, flat tire or something, all you have to do is email me and we always make it work. I'm not trying to take people's money without their getting their sessions, but that way it keeps everything straight and organized right in the system. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So you make it very easy. 27 a month for your group coaching mm-hmm. is what a copay would run for a lot of them. Yes, exactly. And you're on all the social media, whether it be LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, so yep. uh, Instagram. I'll have links to all that. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. This has been fantastic. I, I really, I can't emphasize enough to the listeners 
how much I enjoy your podcast and the voice you hear, my voice can go through manic stages, raise up, down, all over the place. Mm -hmm. But Gina's one thing I like about it is when I put on your podcast, it's always that calming, soothing voice coming at me. And I've always enjoyed that uh, since I started listening to the show. Thank you. There's no reason that I can think of in this day and age for anybody to suffer in silence for anxiety or depression. There's mm-hmm. too many resources out there. And even if it's just reaching out to another AS person, somebody with ankylosing spondylitis, mm-hmm. touching base with you or any of what I like about that group is any of the other folks that are in the group session, because mm-hmm. we all know it's easier to diagnose somebody else than ourselves. Exactly. So it, there really isn't a reason. And you know, folks, when you go to the when you go to the anxietycoachespodcast.com website, you're going to just see wonderful testimonials about Gina and the services. So I, I can't emphasize enough that I, I think if you are really truly needing somebody to talk to, this is such a great way to go. Thank and, you so much. I'm I'm excited to have anybody. And let me know that you came in from Jason's show so that I can make sure that Jason knows how how well everything's working. That would be great. And again, I can't thank you enough for your time. I love doing these and, and meeting all the great people. As a podcasting side of the house, it's always great to meet another person that's doing a podcast. Yeah. But from the anxiety side, knowing the 20, I said 25 years, it was probably actually longer than that because I, I remember it as a kid yeah. and the anxiety levels for different things. It robs you. Don't let ankylosing spondylitis and anxiety and depression rob you of your life. Take control of all those and let somebody like Gina guide you. Let her coach you through low spots, high spots, and everywhere that, that she can. You have ankylosing spondylitis. You might have anxiety. They don't have you. Mm-hmm. So that's where I like to say, control it, work with somebody. And again, I can't thank you enough for the, the great conversation and the, the wonderful time you spent with me today. Oh, Jason, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure to meet you and to be able to share with your audience. Well, thank you again. As we go forward in the future, I look forward to having you on at a a future time. If there's anything big that comes up in the world of anxiety, nutrition, uh, something that's interesting on ankylosing spondylitis, I'll email it to you so that you can keep it for your repertoire as well. And again, thank you so much for being here. Well, be well, Jason. Aloha. Aloha to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a 35-year-plus spondy looking to bring the community closer. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life.